sunny Friday afternoon here with 304 Sports. I'm Colby and Bertrand, joined alongside by Nick Boyd. And uh, this will be the uh, pro sports episode, or not pro sports, sorry, college sports. I think I've mixed it up twice now uh, this week. This is the college sports episode of the uh, 304 Sports podcast. We'll be covering uh, a lot of uh, recent trends in Virginia Tech sports, including, of course, women's basketball and men's basketball as they're entering uh, the end of regular season and going into tournament play. Uh, and we'll also, of course, co- cover the larger world of men's basketball, um, looking at some of the recent games, uh, some conference tournaments and predictions that I had uh, and whatnot. So a lot to talk about here on this college episode. Uh, I do want to point out for the listeners um, that next week, the episodes will be coming out really around like Friday or later as I'm going to be broadcasting a tournament in Richmond. So uh, I'm not going to be able to really have much time to uh, be able to record, unfortunately, with Nick in the middle of the week. But we should still have two episodes, at least, if not possibly three, out with you. And I think it'll be a third, depending on whether or not Virginia Tech meets the uh, NCAA tournament or, uh, you know, are very deep in the ACC tournament. And if that third would involve Carter Hill, of course. With all that being said, this is the start of the college episode. Uh, Nick, we are on our last day here before spring break. You may even be home uh, right now uh, in starting up spring break for yourself. How are you doing, man? And how is this mystery currently going for you? You know, it's been going pretty good. And I do appreciate you asking. I'm doing awesome. You know, warm weather coming up this weekend, 70s and 73. There's not much to complain here. And the month of March after all that cold weather we've been having. I actually am heading home tonight. I just finished up a couple of assignments and that is all she wrote for today, man. And I'm excited for spring break. How about you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, you know, a little bit of a crazy semester in a sense, but also a little bit in a good way. Um, looking to continue to, you know, have positive uh, movement in the semester going forward and, Overall, it's been a good day. I have one more thing that I need to wrap up uh, before I'm officially done with all the schoolwork before break. And I'm excited, man. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, particularly, of course, I'm very excited to broadcast for the uh, tournament. Uh, I believe on my Twitter page, I'll probably post uh, more details about that uh, or whatnot. I mean, you can even you know, DM me, reach out, et cetera, et cetera. But without further ado, Nick, how about we get into it here? And I do want to start off because this one's going to be a little bit shorter, of course, with a little bit of hype up here for Virginia Tech Wrestling. Uh, in just two days' time, the ACC Championships will start uh, for Virginia Tech Wrestling, which, of course, is going to be huge in uh, really getting your name out there for the NCAA Championships, which will be 11 days after that on March 17th. Yeah, and I think we have a really exciting group of guys here heading to that tournament. And right now we're standing at a really good record. And I have a lot of confidence in this team. I feel like we can honestly have a really good shot at going really far, even possibly winning it. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of uh, – we're, we're really kind of, like, diverse in the in the weight classes with, like, uh, our competitors and, like, having really, really good uh, people up there um, being able to compete. Like, we have a lot of, like, ranked talents. So, of course, there is a strong chance of being able to win. It's going to be very interesting to see, though, if we could win the ACC tournament – uh, I mean, really, the ultimate goal, though, is, of course, to get people into the NCAA tournament. Uh, and a big shout out to uh, Mikhail Lewis, who, of course, won that back in 2019. 
Uh, next, we'll move into a little bit of spring sports here before we move on into uh, the realm of basketball. As uh, VT Hokies baseball has uh, come off to a pretty hot start. Now, granted, they have not come up against uh, any huge team yet, but uh, currently 7-0, sweeping Fordham, sweeping UNC Asheville, and getting a win over ETSU and High Point. Yeah, so I actually – I've watched like some baseball games in the past, but I mean, all I've heard is that we've had a consistently really, really good baseball team. And although, like you just said, we haven't really played like a lot of like really good teams, you know, they're kind of just, like some like high school level guys, but starting off seven and O is always, always a good start. There's nothing to complain there. Yeah. And I do want to have a little bit of a, uh, 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 drag back real quick here for baseball. ETSU was a no contest, uh, I don't actually exactly know what happened there, but still, it, it, it's 7-0. It's just the ETSU game wasn't played. Uh, the upcoming schedule for the men, they actually do have a game uh, starting up as we're recording here. To like now. EST. Yep, and they're going to be up against against uh, Wright State. Uh, but moving forward, the ACC competition will start up in March uh, as Georgia Tech will uh, will take a trip down to Georgia Tech. Uh, March 11th to the 13th, and then it will continue for ACC play. So we are really about to hit like the big stride here and to really like, start testing this team and seeing uh, what they really can do. Uh, speaking of teams that have had tests, what about the ranked Hokie softball team who are currently 11 and three, who have got off to a really, really hot start, uh, beating the likes of Missouri and Kentucky Um who are also ranked teams like just inside the top 25. Uh, I believe Missouri's currently 12 and Kentucky's 20th. Um, but then they even held uh, Alabama, who I believe are the reigning national champions, uh, just beating, uh, losing to them by one, uh, which I believe ups their uh, ranking at that point. And then they lost to Alabama again, uh, but still only by two. So really impressive start here for the, uh, ladies, and they're going to be able to uh, continue the stretch. I'm trying to actually pull it up here. Perfect. So they have a, they have a huge test here um, to start uh, actually this afternoon as well. Uh, and this, but this is going to be in South Carolina. Is they're going to be taking on Clemson? Yeah, and I like I really like our roster. You know, Jenna Pearson, Keely Richard. I mean, we have a really good group of girls that can take it really far. And also, I mean, beating the what you know former national champs is good in any sport. And also, only losing them by two, I call that a win in my book. And we have a really exciting you know bunch of spring sports coming up this semester, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just as speaking of actually, I, I mentioned that it was a big matchup. I didn't mention why for anyone that is unaware, uh, Clemson is currently ranked, I believe, ninth in the nation. They have like 14 slash nine. So I believe that like the slash is what they are now. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, a huge matchup, not only for the ACC, but of course, for ranking as you really need to start showing that you can Beat those ranked teams. You've shown it a little bit, but you, uh, of course, falling twice to Alabama. Though it can look good, it isn't the uh, best. So just, you know, obviously nothing but the best, and we're going to see how they're going to be able to pull it out. And the final sport uh, that started up this spring that we get to talk about is Hokies Lacrosse, new sport 
um, or at least I, I believe like new collegiate level sport here at Virginia Tech. It's now went from club level to collegiate and they've started out three and three, a pretty decent start. Um, they actually beat ranked James Madison in their second game of the season uh, in Harrisonburg. They lost to Jacksonville, another ranked team. Um, they lost in overtime to Liberty at home and then They've most recently beat Radford, and again, uh, or actually not again, this one's actually tomorrow. I thought it was another game that was on today, but um, they will be taking a trip to Pittsburgh March 5th, so tomorrow, um, to come up against the Panthers. But, you know, 3-3 and from a team that's went from club level to collegiate, I think is a pretty impressive start. Oh, yeah, and without a doubt. Oh, I mean, starting off at that club level and then shooting up to the actual like division collegiate level is a really big change. And for these girls to be able to like to carry themselves and perform well is honestly not that bad. And three or three is not bad in any circumstances at all. And also it's kind of cool to see, you know, Nick Brown, who was just my neighbor, you know, when I was a little kid, like probably like 10 years ago. But I'm pretty sure he's calling those games now, isn't he? And uh, I actually saw them play a little bit on my trip to Macomas to work out a couple of days ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, 33 4 is getting involved in that as well. I know uh, Gio and uh, Ishan were on one of the more recent games. So, you know, big shout out to, of course, uh, multiple 33 4 members uh, as they're taking time to cover Hokers across. Uh, but with that being said, of course, we are now into the basketball portion of Virginia Tech here. And we'll obviously have the men after uh, all around all look at college men's basketball. But we do start here with Virginia Tech women's basketball, who um, when, when we left them, this, I believe it was right before the NC State game. And the NC State game was not only an incredible turnout. I was there as well as I saw uh, Dan Steinbach. Um, but on top of that, the ladies were just short of knocking off one of the top teams in the nation uh, to end off their regular season before ACC tournament play. Um, so originally the question was, as, uh, as I was piecing this together earlier this week was how our ACC tournament chances look, but rather than asking that question, Nick, I do want to go ahead and actually even talk about the ACC, uh, the ACC tournament right now, as Virginia tech won their first matchup against Clemson, who technically speaking upset Syracuse, but it's 12 versus 13. And if Virginia Tech, uh, I, I haven't checked um, on Twitter, so I'll actually pull it up uh, real quick. But uh, assuming that Virginia Tech women beat uh, North Carolina, in which they did 87 to 80 in overtime, they will now be possibly playing NC State. We're going to be taking on Florida State at 2 p.m. on the ACC Network uh, Extra. So definitely something that you and I, uh, we could try to you know, really keep our eyes to because that's going to be a huge game. Uh, you know, rule of three, possibly, and you could be NC State. We played them close twice. Uh, so with that in mind, with all the tournament, uh, you know, layout in mind, how do the chances for Virginia Tech women's basketball look to, you know, for how far they could go in the tournament, you know, that's remaining? You know, I'm going to be really honest. You know, we had a re- we have a really, really good team. You know, we would stand like fifth overall in the ACC. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, two really close, narrow losses to NC State, who's, you know, one of the top teams in the nation. A very, very, very well-rounded group of girls that we have here at Virginia Tech. And I feel like our chances are really high. I mean, 
beating UNC, who's number four. I mean, no easy task without a doubt, even though it took overtime. I feel like we have really high chances. And like I said, you know, we have a really good team. And I feel like we can just carry it far if we continue this momentum surge, you know, with two wins already under our belt and another one possibly against NC State, like you mentioned, rule of three. I feel like our chances are standing really high. I may be a little bit bold in saying this, but I do really like our chances against NC State. And ironically, I think the women and men are in relatively similar positions in how I feel about their tournament chances. Um, I really like, you know, when we watched that game, uh, or at least when I watched that game, uh, you know, at Castle, I don't know if you were there or not, but it was, you know, though granted NC State was able to keep the distance throughout the whole game we did not have a single lead I believe or if we did it was for like a couple seconds um Virginia Tech did play strong and the one thing that I wanted that I noted or at least that I've you know thought about is the fact that they were one three away from winning you know one more hit three by Asia Shepard who went four twelve on the night um and I think that there are some calls that went against uh, Virginia Tech. Now, granted, uh, actually, I do remember discussing this, discussing this now. I discussed it on 334 Radio. We do have a skewed vision as uh, Virginia Tech students. So there's probably some stuff missed for NC State as well. But I believe that there are some missed calls for the Hokies. And I believe that if some of those calls go our way, uh, and, you know, at least one or two of those shots, we beat NC State at Castle, which is huge. And I think that, you know, the ladies need to keep that in mind uh, when they possibly play NC State uh, tomorrow, which will be at, which if they do, it would be at noon on the ACC network, no matter what they are going to be playing in that game. Um, but I really like it. it it's not just because the rule of three, but it's genuinely because this team has given a good fight to NC State multiple times. And I feel like eventually, you know, like if, if you're chopping down, like the, if you're chopping at the Redwood, eventually it's going to fall. And, you know, the Redwood being like this giant powerhouse in NC State, I feel like it's going to fall before the tournament. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. So I feel like Virginia Tech could make the championship, but my concern is that Louisville and Notre Dame might knock them off in the championship game as they're both very strong sides who have given us, uh, uh, you know, who had good wins against us uh, during the regular season. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. You know, with it, with every game in basketball that will ever be played for the rest of time, there's always going to be calls that are supposed to go the other way. There's always going to be, you know, some biased, you know, fans in the crowd that, you know, feel like it should go to their teams. And there's always the opposing side fans who think that, that call should go their way. And, you know, there's nothing we can really do. You know, the refs are going to do their job. And, you know, we're so close every time. You know, like you said, we're three away from winning that game. We, we're just so close, you know. We're just, like, on the cups of everything. And I really feel like we can do it, and I don't think it's a bold take at all. I feel like our chance – I mean, I feel like we are the team to, you know, to even lose this game because I feel like I just have a lot of confidence in our team to be able to possibly beat NC State if we play them. I don't know if I'd say that we should be the favorites, but, I mean, I, I would definitely say that this team is going to have a very strong desire to uh, get that, you know, um, gosh, I'm forgetting the phrase, but to, to, to get like, you know, that monkey off their shoulder in the sense of NC State, of 
just staying away from them. So that's going to be huge, of course. Uh, again, uh, noon tomorrow, Virginia Tech will be playing either NC State or Florida State. It will most likely be NC State. And then if they were to win that matchup, the championship game would also be on uh, would be on Sunday, but it would actually be at noon on ESPN. So uh, very much a big stage for Virginia Tech if they're able to get there. Um, and overall, uh, Virginia Tech, of course, has a place in the NCAA tournament. So no matter what, uh, we will still have more Hokies women's basketball to be able to discuss uh, moving forward. But with all that in mind, uh, big shout out to the Hokies. And actually, even one more thing I'll shout out for women's basketball, which has me excited, is I don't remember on the ESPN app being able to see, uh, like, the player faces or player names or stats and whatnot uh, for Virginia Tech. And now I'm actually able to. And that makes me very happy because it's, you know, very beneficial to be able to, you know, get that stuff real quick. Like, I can go and talk about the NC State game being like, oh, yeah, Elizabeth Kithley went 7-9 to nine, putting up 18 rather than having to go into the VT Sports app. Nothing against the VT Sports app, but I just find it more convenient to do it on ESPN. But I digress again. <laughs> I feel like I've been rambling a little bit this episode unintentionally, but uh, no, I'll, man, I'll try to be a little good. bit more. No worries. I mean, look, we're two dudes talking on a sports guest. You know, that's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, I mean, for sure. Uh, but I'll, I'll try to sneak it up here a little bit as we're getting into men's basketball. We'll start off with the wider region, then hone in on Virginia Tech. We have had a lot of success recently, but uh, there's been some recent games uh, that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, I'll, I'll try to cover some upsets here that are going to be big for the tournament. Of course, Kansas on Tuesday, I believe, lost to TCU, though they had their revenge game recently. Uh, they will have one more matchup against Texas on Saturday. Uh, Creighton knocked off UConn and Texas A&M knocked off Alabama. Um, just, you know, I think drawing a little bit more concern, particularly for Alabama. Um, but then Creighton, maybe they're starting to get a little bit hot late. Uh, Villanova Providence was an incredible game that was played this week, as well as Wisconsin Purdue. Uh, both those games going to a single possession win for the home side, home side being Villanova and uh, Wisconsin in either case. Nebraska upsetting Ohio State. Arizona dominating USC at USC's home. That's a huge result, uh, beating them by 20. And Texas Tech holding on against Kansas State by winning by five Baylor beating Texas at their home by seven. So a lot of big results this week. Uh, definitely some teams really kind of like keep uh, building some structure on their cases, particularly like a Baylor beating Texas, they're building structure of like, Hey, we should be a one seed. Um, with, with all that in mind, uh, is, is there any of those games that you were able to like see highlights of or whatnot that were very exciting for you? So one thing that I watched a little bit of, I did see some highlights of the Maryland and Ohio State game. I, I like that one. Um, you know, it's just one thing I, I always find it cool about, you know, nearing this March Madness thing is how, how many, like, you know, teams just, you know, hold their breath, you know, just all, all the narrow wins and, and, and the close losses and the big wins and the – it's just there's just so much going on and they call it March Madness for a reason, you know, like so many teams could get kicked out because of a you know three point loss. And, you know, just just watching that game. Yeah, you could really just see me even though Ohio State, you know, they're not like, you know, big powerhouse or rank 22nd. But, you know, just to see them fall apart against a Maryland team who is, you know, six and two in the Big Ten. It's just. It's just, I just, it's just cool to see like an underdog win or just see a team like just completely fall apart. 
you know, there's just so many upsets going on. You can't really just predict anything that's going to happen. Uh, of course, if you are interested later, as I, I don't know if we're going to have this up uh, specifically tonight, uh, Murray State's going to be taking on Southeast Missouri State for the OVC Championship semifinal matchup. Uh, but then obviously we'll have some big games coming up this weekend uh, as regular season's wrapping up for some of the bigger conferences uh, right before their tournament plays. And of course, as I mentioned, Kansas at uh, Allen Fieldhouse will be taking on Texas. Uh, you have 13 versus 14, Arkansas, Tennessee, which will be on ESPN at noon. Uh, Kansas game will be on ESPN at four. Um, you also have other big matchups like uh, I believe Kentucky, Florida might be a little bit exciting, which will be on at two at CBS. Um, Alabama, LSU, two of the uh, you know upper middle teams in the SEC, uh, CBS at 12. Uh, Baylor, Iowa State, that's a huge matchup to watch on ESPN two at six. In the last uh, two matchups, I'll give you uh, of Coach K's last game uh, at Cameron Indoor against UNC, of course, longtime rivals of Duke uh, at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And then the last game on ESPN that evening, I believe, would be USC versus USCLA. The Trojans trying to get a little bit of a bounce back after getting embarrassed at home by the Wildcats. Um, and that would be on at 10 p.m. on ESPN. So that's a lot of like big games for anyone that is interested. Um, you can just, you know, basically turn on ESPN and leave it for the whole day is seemingly how it's being built up for. Um, but with uh, talking about the regular season closing, I, I don't want to leave this for tournament talk, or at least unless anything changes, I don't want to leave it for tournament talk. So I want to actually bring up now something that we talked about, I believe, a few weeks ago which was my conference predictions that I'd had with Kyle Marshak, and I want to review how I did. So I'll kind of be going in alphabetical order for these leagues and seeing uh, where things are ending up. And then, you know, you, you can react, I can react, etc. So without further ado, ACC, Duke has clinched the number one seed, so they have one. I did have Duke winning the ACC in the Big 12, a lot of shakeups happened recently with Kansas getting in bad form. They're currently uh, tied with Baylor for, uh, you know, a, a joint conference champions um, in which, depending on if uh, Baylor loses to Iowa State or Kansas loses to Texas, that would change. Or if somehow both lose and Texas Tech wins their last matchup, then it would be a three-way tie. Um but I would assume that's probably going to be a shared conference championship. I don't think Kansas will lose to Allen Fieldhouse. Um, they're 15 and one uh, at home this year. So that one loss being to Kentucky. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was saying that if I wanted to, I would be boring and talk about a conference share, but I went with Kansas. So no matter what, I kind of had both bases as covered in the Big 12. Uh, moving on to the Big Ten, I talked about Wisconsin winning it. Uh, for some odd reason, it registered as the Big West, not the Big Ten. Uh, but I digress here. So in the Big Ten, Wisconsin with a huge win over Purdue has guaranteed that they'll at least have a share of the Big Ten title as they're 15-4. and four. Their last game is against Nebraska. The only team that could possibly share it with them is Illinois, who have a home game against Iowa on Sunday. Um, so that'll be huge. But uh, again, I did go with Wisconsin. So that's currently three if we're keeping tally. Um, the Pac-12, gosh, I believe this one I may have got wrong. I think I said UCLA. I, yeah, I, I do believe I said UCLA. Arizona has been dominant this year. They've been incredible. 17-2, and two, I believe Kyle Marshak did say Arizona. 
Um, but UCLA tied with USC right now at 14-5, so that weekend game is going to be huge to determine who gets second. So I did miss on the Pac-12. And in the SEC, I know I said Kentucky uh, would be able to pull it off. And, you know, obviously at the time when Kyle and I were saying this, Auburn was not – they were on the crazy run, but we didn't realize it was a crazy run until then. And currently there is a chance for Kentucky to share the SEC title, but Auburn would have to lose to South Carolina at home, which feels highly unlikely. And then Kentucky would have to beat Florida away from home. And there's also a possibility that Arkansas could have a joint custody as well if they were to beat Tennessee in Tennessee. So unfortunately, it looks like I did miss on two. I didn't miss by too much, though granted, I don't believe uh, Kentucky and UCLA are two bold picks, but there is a possibility that I could go for five for five, um, and not five for five, uh, four or five, which is pretty solid. Yeah, no. And uh, when you look back at it, you know, you can't, one thing that, you know, we say a lot on this podcast is that, you know, you can't really ever predict this stuff. But, you know, you weren't even that off, man. I got to give it to you. Your, your prediction prediction gods were in your favor. You know, not that bad. I mean, you, I, you, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's just really hard to predict some of this stuff. And, you know, sure. you, were, you were, you know, you really weren't that far off at all. I mean, I know that I had some of my predictions and they were beyond awful and off. So, you know, maybe next year I'll have to take some of your prediction magic away from you. But till then, you still reign the king of that. I'd love it if you don't. I, I, I've been enjoying this prediction magic. It, it feels <laughs> it feels cool to be able to be like, oh, okay, well, at least I'll get a little bit of it, right? Um, but speaking of that prediction ma- magic, how about possible predictions for the upcoming tournaments? I do want to discuss those. That's really the biggest part of this discussion. Now, granted, we aren't going to have the actual tournament brackets in front of us um, as this goes on, so we won't know the quite the pathing of each but again I do want to go through uh, we won't talk about the ACC tournament we'll actually talk about that with the VT segment but I do want to go through the other power five conferences and talk about who we think is going to come out on top of the tournament obviously tournaments can be a lot more surprising than uh, the regular season so with that in mind I do want to start off here with the big 12 and what are you thinking here coming the big 12 tournament so I'm going to take the favorites from last year. I'm going to take Baylor. You know, I feel like they're looking for, you know, they're hungry. I feel like they're looking for another win, but, you know, Kansas is really not that far behind them. I mean, their records, I feel like they don't really say much, you know, 25 and 5, 24 and 6. I mean, they're very close, but I feel like these are really two different and, like, special and have their own identity kind of teams. But I'm taking Baylor. This is a hard one for me, of course, as I am a Kansas uh Kansas college boy growing up, um, growing up on uh, Kansas and Kansas State. I'm trying to like, here's what I'm wanting to look at. What I'm wanting to look at, because I don't remember the last time it happened, was the last time Kansas won the Big 12 tournament. The last time they won the Big 12 tournament was back in 2018, uh, where they beat West Virginia 81 to 70 with Malik Newman being the MVP, I believe. Um, but then for, what is this? Oh Lord. For six years in a row, it was either Kansas or Iowa state who came out on top of the tournament. Um, actually make that seven years in a row from 2013, 2019. And then Texas broke that when they beat Oklahoma state, uh, 91 to 86 last year. So 
with that in mind, I do have a few favorites. I will say that I don't think Kansas is going to win. I don't think Texas Tech is going to win. I think Texas Tech's a good team. I think that they'll they will do all March Madness, but I think that the Big 12, like teams will obviously start to have their number. They've been losing some bad games recently, kind of like Kansas. Um, I also don't believe that Texas is going to win as well. I just don't know if Texas has the firepower. I, I, I like, you know, Texas, of course, for March Madness to get in, but I don't know if I like them to get out of week the, the first weekend. Um, obviously more on that when we get there. I don't know. I feel like I should be saying a bold claim. This is crazy. You know what? I'll say Baylor wins the Big 12 tournament as well, but I do want to note that I think there is a high possibility that a team that none, neither of us will expect is going to win. Um, Kansas, Texas, Tech, Texas, I'm ruling all those out. And if I was to say the team that I think could possibly win, if it's not a Baylor, the team I'm going to go for TCU is getting hot at the right time. I, I thought you were Iowa State. I, I was honestly, I was thinking Iowa State. Yeah. But I won't go with Iowa State. I'll actually say TCU would be my claim. Yeah. And that's just because I'm, I'm looking at Iowa State scoring and really outside of Brockington, there's nothing crazy. Like Hunter's okay. He's in double digit. But then uh, uh, Sher, I hopefully I didn't mess up his name, um, is under double digit. And I don't know if they're going to be great in the rebounding battle. They have a lot of guards starting. Yeah. So I'm going to say the Horned Frogs. The Horned Frogs would be my uh, my dark horse here just because they've been in incredible form recently, uh, beating Texas Tech, uh, beating West Virginia, kept it relatively close with Baylor and Baylor, um, and obviously beating Kansas at home by 10 and then almost beating Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. They've been in exceptional form. So I really like the Horned Frogs right now who've probably – fought their way into the tournament with that win against Kansas this week. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take you with, I'm going to take you on that one. I want to say Iowa State, but you know, TCU, you know, they've just, like you said, you got the right wins at the right time, you know, old momentum can be a great friend or a terrible enemy. And right now it's being a really good friend to them. And, you know, if it's, if it's not Baylor or, you know, somebody else that we don't predict, I'm going to probably say TCU with you. I, I want to say Iowa State, but I just – I feel like there's just not much they can do. I mean, with – they have, like, you know, like you said, the one guy getting in double digits and the rest of the, the supporting cast not really doing much, and their overabundance at guard doesn't help either. So, I, I, I would say TCU is a dark favorite. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say Kansas State as well, but I just don't think that they have the form for it. The one thing I will say about Baylor, a, a really big portion of why I think they're winning the tournament is they're not my favorites to win an NCAA tournament. It is very hard to repeat. I don't know how many teams – I don't even know if there's a team that's repeated in this uh, century, but I would not know that. Um, so I think that Baylor would get it done here in the Big 12 tournament, and then you know, the, uh, eventually they get knocked out March Madness, but this would be something to where they would really be able to build on that. Moving on, though, to the other big uh, in the Power 5, the Big 10. Um, how are you feeling on this tournament uh, for who's going to win? Talk about Big 10? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wait, where'd it go? Bro, I just had it pulled up. Okay, yeah. So for Big 10, you know, a lot of people say they're not legit for Wisconsin, but I'm going to take – 
I'm gonna take Illinois. Mm. I know that's probably not like a great like pick, but like I don't a lot. I'll just know a lot of people aren't saying like Wisconsin's legit. I don't know about Purdue. Uh, you know, I don't even know why I was thinking Michigan. They've been terrible, but I, I, I'm going to take Illinois. I just feel like I like their team. It's it's fun to watch them. Well, I mean, in fairness to you, Illinois was the most recent winner of the Big Ten tournament when they beat Ohio State last year in overtime. Um, but this is not a tournament that really tends to have uh, many repeats, at least as of late. You had 2017-2018 Michigan winning, but then you had Michigan State after them, Michigan State before them, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Um, it's, it's not one that's tend to be repeated. And then, though, I do like Illinois with Cockburn and Plum, uh, Plummer. I do think that, like, those two and then Frazier and Grandison, it, it's like a pretty solid starting lineup. I'm just not comfortable enough to say them. I, I'm not confident enough to say the team that I was about to say. So I'm, I'm not going to go that route. Ooh, I was about to put myself in a weird hole with that team. Um, you know what? This one I'm actually going to go for a pure dark horse. I'm going to go for Iowa. Um, Keegan Murray okay. is an incredible guard who's really been on fire, um, averaging 23.3 a night, eight and a half rebounds. He's a little bit of a do-it-all in a sense, uh, sophomore at Cedar Rapids. I, I really like him. I really like this Iowa team, uh, and I like them here for come, uh, come turning time. I just don't think that um, particularly here when I've been looking at the this Big Ten tournament like history – uh, a lot of it recently has kind of been broken up. You're not really having your one and two seed hitting in. Um, Michigan, when they won it, were the eight and the five seed in 2017, 2018. So I think that Iowa's going to have a little bit of a quote-unquote magical run, though granted they'd be the, you know, somewhere between three and five seed. And I think that they will pull it off and really start to look hot as it's going into the March Madness tournament. Yeah, and, you know, that's not really a bad pick. You know, I, I don't really think it would be – like a two dark horse of a pick, but you know, it's not a bad one either. I mean, five game win streak and they also have a really good team. You know, it's not a bad pick by any means. And also sure. to answer one of your uh, questions earlier. So I'm looking up and, you know, there's like a bunch of teams, you know, like the forties and fifties as repeated, but the most recent ones are Florida won back to back championships because, you know, they have Billy Donovan, who now, of course, I think he's mm-hmm. the coach of, of the course. Thunder, maybe, but um, and then Duke in '91 and '92, but you know, those teams were probably insane. They had Grant Hold on. I'm, I'm looking this up because you've interested in me. I think I'm right on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the no, he's he's Chicago Bulls. Uh, oh, Chicago Bulls, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, because he was the coach of the Thunder, right. Yeah, he was the coach yeah. of the Thunder, but then I think the the, the the Thunder got rid of him, and now he's coaching uh, Chicago. Oh, damn. They had a starting five of Latner, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley. Jeez, that Duke team was insane. Absolutely, man. Um, All right, moving, moving on. Yeah, I was about to say, moving on, though, and, I, I mean, before you say yours, I'm just going to be chalk. It's the Pac-12. I'm just taking Arizona. Arizona is a very, very strong team. They're really kind of coming back in the spotlight of college basketball. And if I'm them, I'm fired up and I am not taking this opportunity lightly. I'm just going to continue to dominate uh, and honestly, quite possibly earn the outright number one seed in the uh, March Madness tournament. 
uh, you know, obviously then being some of the nation's, one of the nation's favorite teams to win it all. You know, I'm going to go dark horse. I'm going to say Oregon State. Ooh. No, no, I'm just playing. You know, I'm going to Arizona for sure by a long shot. Um, no, no, Arizona is insane team. You know, I completely agree with you. They are a powerhouse team. They are probably one of, in my opinion, one of the big four teams to beat. And I'm pretty sure both of us had them as in one seed on our bracket rankings a while ago, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I think when we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we were like, yeah, Arizona has to be in there. Right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they are a very, very, very dominant team. So I think us taking Arizona in the Pac-12 is without a question. And finally, we have the SEC, which I think is definitely going to be an interesting one to look at here as it is very, very uh, contested, of course, particularly when it comes to the middle of the pack. You have you have six teams that have a one game like you know separation or they're tied with each other with Alabama, Florida, and SEC at nine and eight in the conference, and LSU, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State at eight and nine in the conference. That is wild. Yeah, and you know when you look at it here, you know it's like it's just crazy because you know the bottom is like six and eleven, four thirteen, one and sixteen, and the top. It's all 13 and four, 13 and four, 13 and four. And this, yep. this middle, it, it's such a close and tight race that, you know, what, like quite literally one game can change the ranking of every single one of these teams. Yep. But um, I think, I mean, I think we're both taking Auburn, yeah? Are we both taking Auburn? I don't know. I'm taking them. You can, you can tell you your pick. I know I'm not taking Auburn because I think taking Kentucky. I could be wrong. I'm not planning. I don't know. I really like Kentucky, but I don't know if I like them. Like, gosh, this is so hard because I almost have like a, a, a narrative that I want to complete with this. I almost have a narrative that's making me want to say a, a certain team, but. Instead of that narrative, I'm going to go ahead and just go with what is probably chalk, and I will say Kentucky, because I think Auburn is going to win the SEC. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that they're going to lose at home to South Carolina. That would be ludicrous if they did. And then, I mean, they'd still win the SEC, but they wouldn't win it outright. Um, and Kentucky basketball is like fully, fully back. And they haven't won the tournament since uh, SEC tournament since 2018. They have the strongest team, of course, that they have had in a while um, with, you know, some incredible players up there like Oscar Sheepway and uh, Ty Ty Washington and whatnot. They're one of my favorite teams to possibly win all of March Madness. And I, I can't have them go cold before March Madness, particularly if they're one of my favorite teams to do it. Um, I will say that part of the narrative I was looking to and hoping to push was the fact of possibly having Kansas and Baylor still be the number one seeds, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. And I also don't think it's reasonable to have that affect any decision for this SEC tournament, particularly because Kentucky is one of the strongest teams in the nation. So I've, I've got to go with the Yeah. And, you know, Kentucky, you know, that's not even a bad pick at all. I mean, I'm just taking Auburn because I just really like their team. I like Jabari Smith a lot. And, um, sure. you know, in, in Kentucky, you know, it is, I, I, you know, it's just consensus in my opinion. I mean, you know, not, not losing a single game at home. I mean, 18-0, I mean, they're in full form. All gears are running at, you know, the fastest they can go. I feel like, I mean, it's a really, really good pick, and I like their team. 
I will say, I will add this to SEC because I, I haven't really added anything special with the Big 12. Like the Big 12, I said, I, I thought I have a feeling that there's a dark horse that's going to win it. With this, I personally think that Auburn's going to get knocked out early. That's what I'm going to say with this. Um, I talked about it on daily radio and I am completely sold on this. This is a team that you need to sell on when it comes to March Madness. Uh, they are getting really cold. Um, I mean, Mississippi State took them to overtime. Granted, Mississippi State has had a pretty successful season, but still um, Tennessee beat them. Florida beat them. Uh, Arkansas beat them all last month. And then, of course, they had the first uh, uh, chink in their armor show uh, or, you know, show. Gosh, was, was it in January? I thought it was in January, but I, I, I guess not. I, I think I said the wrong I think. Think I don't know. I th- I may have said the wrong word. I I, I digress. Um, this is just like I feel like they're getting cold the wrong time. I think that this is you know there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team to succeed. It's one of the better Auburn teams uh, in a while. So with all that being said, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do well in March Madness or this SEC tournament, and they'll get knocked out early in both. You know, it's not a bad, you know. That's not a bad idea because, like, you know, I will. I am taking Auburn as a favorite, but, you know, one thing in March Madness is absolutely nothing is guaranteed. I mean, uh, there's like that FGCU team in 2013 that ruined everyone's brackets with, like, Dunk City and them slamming it all over Auto Porter and Villanova. I mean, like, that team was – like, that's just – you can't predict that. You know, or, you know, Virginia getting knocked off by – who was it? Was it Loyola or – uh, I don't remember who it was, but you know, nothing's guaranteed, and you know, number one teams are bound to get knocked off. I know it's the Golden Terriers, I'm forgetting uh, the name. I, I'm, I'm looking up real quick. It's, it's not Golden Terriers, it's the Retrievers, and it is the, 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 the UMBC. Okay, go. then yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay, but yeah. So that, that's a little bit of our reviews here on the tournaments. Uh, obviously, I believe that they're actually – they might be wrapped by the time we talk about it next week. If not, they're going to be very, very late in. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, but with that in mind, uh, I did want to touch up on individual award before we go into one thing that I found interesting here. Um, so the Wooden Award, of course, the, you know, the best player of the year. Um, there's a list of five here with Southwest Virginia today was actually the most recent article I was able to find. So, you know, shout out to Southwest VA, uh, today for this article, but there are five players that are currently uh, high odds for the wooden awards. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're players that aren't going to surprise us. It's just a question of who's going to win it. Uh, you have Oscar Sheepway with the, uh, highest odds of the, you know, minus 300, uh, or technically be lowest odds, but. I digress. Uh, you know, the most likely chance. You have Johnny Davis right behind him. Keegan Murray's also in there. Ochai Abaji is in that list and uh, it's rounded out with that top five of Kofi, uh, Kofi Cockburn. So, with that in mind, uh, it's, it's really going to be a question here of who do we think is going to win? And, you know, do we like that top five? You know, I like that top five. It's pretty reasonable. I mean, I feel like it's pretty much all dependent on, uh, you know, who plays the best. And I remember at the beginning of the year, it was all Drew Timmy. And then he kind of – it kind of like towards the end of the season went down. Awful, but, uh, but yeah. 
you know, it, it's it's a tight race. Not no, not tight race. Sorry, it's it's like a it's just who can play the best and who will perform the best. I feel like Oscar will probably win it, but you know, you can't really ever predict these things. But it's a pretty good list. Yeah, I think this is going to come down to tur- whoever wins their conference tournament. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like for example, if Oscar Sheway and Kentucky lose in the conference tournament, and then all these other teams either lose or struggle or something. And then let's say somehow miraculously Kansas wins and Ochai Abaji, you know, te- tears down the house, then yeah, Ochai Abaji would win it. But I do think it would take a little bit for Ochai to win it now. I do think that he's a top three candidate, but I don't think he's going to win it. Um, really my favorites right now would be between probably Keegan Murray and Oscar Sheebway. I want to have Johnny Davis in there because Obviously, he's the young man that I kind of wrote, wrote. I kind of wrote on his back with uh, Wisconsin um, to be able to take them. He, he's the reason why I took Wisconsin to win it, essentially. Um, but if I'm gonna have Iowa winning the Big Ten tournament, and then obviously they'd still be a top four team in the Big Ten, I think that would put Keegan Murray ahead of Johnny Davis. It's hard. I'll say the Sheepway is gonna win, but. I really want to see someone different. Not nothing against Sheepway. It's just I love to see one of those uh, Big Ten guards because they are really, really talented. I'd like to, uh, you know, I, I think they will have, you know, maybe maybe wouldn't be NBA level, but definitely like they'll they'll be drafted high. They'll hit the G League and hopefully they can do something in the NBA uh, that'll get them some good money. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think so. I'm just looking at a cool little thing here, but I think I mean everybody. Since the year 2000, who have who has ever won this award was a first round draft pick, mm-hmm. so that shows. I mean, I was about to say, how wouldn't they be? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, performing at that <laughs> level, I mean, like, the, there's without a doubt you're going to get drafted playing at that level. I mean, especially for like some of the teams that you know is on the list. But I mean, there's there's just I mean, it's a bunch of really good players who are performing at a really high level. So you know, giving them award is what's due. Yeah, I do want to see here before we move on from the wooden award who all of the one recent. It was like Jimmer Fredette, Anthony Davis, Jameer Nelson is on there, Ken Kenya Martin. Kenya Martin, okay. I, I don't know. I, I mean I, I was just wanting to see real quick to see uh past uh here winners. Um could I no, I can't. But Luca Garza did win it last year as well. It's like Luca Garza and then Paige Bukers for UConn. I remember so, people were saying he's going to be like the best player out of his draft. Garza? Yeah, people were. We saying had the complete that. opposite take on thirty-three or four. I, I, there's, there's people. I think uh, Steinbach, uh, Dan Steinbach, was saying. Last year, that's like, oh, I don't think he's really going to really do anything beyond G. No, nah, and he's was, not. I mean, he's on, like, different. the Pistons. I mean, he's not doing anything. But, I mean, I just remember seeing this, like, one Instagram post where it's like, it's Luka Garza the best player in the draft. And, like, all the comments were like, hell no. But, like, yeah, um, no, I mean, he's, like, averaging, like, two points for the Pistons. You hear that, Dan? He's with Detroit. He's doing nada. Nada. That's exactly – that is straight out of the mouth of Nick Boyden. Detroit, you. <laughs> that that's what I heard. So I'm just trying to between you here. Uh, but with that, <laughs> with, with that being said, the one last thing that I want to touch up on here before we move specifically into VT is a little bit of uh, who our current favorite C's are. We don't really have to have to have too much of an explanation for this, 
but who our favorite would be of the uh, top seeds if it ended to, if the rankings ended today and it went by the AP. So of course that means that our top four is Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Duke at the time of recording. So with that in mind, I'm going to be quick with it. Of those top four, I think my favorite would be, I'm going to say Arizona right now. I don't know why, but that's how I'm feeling. You know, I'm going to go real cheap. I'm just going to say Gonzaga. Uh, that's Fair like, enough. everybody's favorite, but I'm just going to say Gonzaga. Yeah, it's weird. I'm flip-flopping on Arizona right now. Not that I think that they're going to go crazy, crazy far or anything, but I, don't know. I just think they're a very strong team. No, I'm going to flip-flop again. I'm going to say Gonzaga with you. I, I, I don't want to say it. I don't want to flip-flop on my earlier decision this week. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I don't want to change it, man. Uh, out of Auburn, Kansas, Kentucky, and Purdue, Kentucky would be my favorite out of those right now, which is crazy for me to say as a Kansas fan, but it, it is. And I think Kansas is close with Kentucky, but just not quite enough for me. I mean, you know, when you have like Ty Ty Washington, should be really, I mean, that's like, <laughs> I mean, I really like Kentucky. I mean, I think that's a good team. And I hate that you have to go turn your back on Kansas, but Kentucky's really good. Yeah, I didn't want to flip the K and the U, but I yeah, it, it's it's close for me. But uh, out of Providence, Wisconsin, Villanova, and Texas Tech, uh, this is a hard one. I really like Texas Tech, but I'm gonna say Wisconsin. Um, I, I, actually, a little bit of a small story here. I uh, was asked some questions by a local Collegiate Times writer uh, for like like Virginia Collegiate Times about March Madness, and they're asking who, are, who the favorite was, and I'm like, well, I don't have a favorite, so I'll just list you my three favorite teams to win it, um, which I put Kansas, Kentucky, and Wisconsin. So I, I feel like I'd be uh, – it would be a sin to not say Wisconsin. Yeah, and, you know, I do really like Texas Tech as well. I remember when they had a – they had a pretty good run two years ago. A year ago? Uh, yeah, it was when they were – it was – they lost to UVA in the national championship. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, they're a really good team, but I, I feel like you can't not say Wisconsin because they're a very good team. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going Wisconsin. Granted that coach of Texas Tech is now with the Longhorns. So, yeah. uh, take, take that as you will. Uh, Tennessee, Houston, Arkansas, and USC out of those – they had some weird losses recently, but I'm still going to go with uh, the Cougars Houston. Um, they just have a really incredible system out there, and they they were looking like for a while that they weren't missing a step, even after losing uh, – I'm forgetting his name, but uh, they're really good guard that transferred from Kansas. I don't know who it is, but I digress. Um, this is a strong team, strong system, and I think that they will do well in March Madness. I got – I got Arkansas. I just really like their team. I mean, I know they're third right now in the in their conference, but I just like Jalen Williams, Devontae Davis, J.D. Note. I mean, I just really like their team. I'm just going to go Arkansas. I will say that was the team I debated in the SEC over Kentucky. But, the, the, you know, so they are a solid team, but also with, like, a lot of these SEC teams, they feel like it's kind of hot and cold, particularly with Alabama. I mean, good Lord, 1911. And they're in the top 25. Justice for Virginia Tech. Um, but now with the next four, you have UCLA, Connecticut, uh, St. Mary's, and Illinois. This one's kind of hard, but I'm actually going to say St. Mary's. And the reason I'm going to say St. Mary's out of those four 
is the fact that they were able to knock off Gonzaga, which shows that, that you know, they uh, have the capability of getting to these big teams. And if you look at the score on this team, it's really well-rounded. Um, Toss, Kusa, Johnson, and uh, Dukas are all within like two points of each other uh, with high score being 12 and a half. Uh, I really like it. it. seems like they have decent size, possibly. Yeah, like their rebounding isn't too low. So I, I like St. Mary's out of the Mountain West. You know, I'm going to – I do like that pick because, you know, like whenever a team shows like the firepower to be able to take down those big teams, you know, it's really, really cool to watch because, you know, you always – you know, everybody likes Gonzaga, but everybody will be rooting for that underdog, a little piece of them. And, um, you know, I'm going to go with the team I picked early, earlier. I'm going to say Illinois for this one. I just really like their team. Um, I feel like they can make it far. And I do like your pick at St. Mary's. You know, I, I don't think it's a bad one at all, but I'm just going to go with my favorite, Illinois. Absolutely. And as we run up on our last four, is Alabama will be left out, in which honestly, good. They shouldn't be in this because they did lose. Um, you have Texas, Murray State, Ohio State, and Iowa. Um, I'm slightly concerned for Murray State just because I don't think that they've played anyone like too, too crazy this year. Um, so, though I'd love to go with them, I can't, particularly when they lose to Auburn uh, with really, like, their biggest matchup. Though, granted, they also beat Memphis. I'm going to go ahead and say my favorite here is Iowa, um, sticking to my Big Ten championship winner, uh, tournament winner. Um, obviously, as I said, Keegan Murray's incredible. They have a pretty solid team. And, yeah. You know, I, I actually am going to say Murray State. But um, in that little group, um, you said uh, Ohio State. And I don't know if you read anything about it, but they um, they had this guy that the senior that averaged like one point in, in his entire thing, and he was a starter for a couple other teams. But they they put him in just for some garbage minutes, and he scored like eighteen points and a bunch of dunks. I don't know if you like will look up any highlights about it, but it's just a really cool story. But I'm gonna say Murray State. Okay. I think I don't That's... know what his name was, but like they just put him in in garbage time. He's a senior, and he just went in and dropped eighteen. It was just super cool. The whole crowd was just going crazy. Did I find it? I think it might be this. Uh, you have no. He played against uh, Niagara. Um, yeah, I have no clue. It's not. I don't think the young man showing up on uh, the Ohio State board, unfortunately, uh, on ESPN, but. There you go. That's our favorites of the current seeding, but obviously we have a lot of March Madness to talk about uh, here coming soon, so obviously stay tuned for that. But finally here, as we're wrapping up the episode, we have a little bit of Virginia Tech men's basketball to talk about, uh, getting specifically into the our uh, Blacksburg team. And to start off, uh, you know, really high point for Virginia Tech. They're now on a three-game win streak. They've won nine of their past ten, and of course they had that clutch win against uh, Miami, uh, you know, thanks with a late run of form from uh, Sean Padula and the last minute shot from Darius Maddox, the last second, more or less. And then in the final game at Castle, uh, Virginia Tech had I believe, one of their largest wins of the season, if not their largest win of the season, beating Louisville by 34 in what I believe is the um, most important performance that Virginia Tech has had. Uh, as of late, possibly of all the whole season, as it feels like everything finally combined for Virginia Tech from they were able to shoot over 40% from the three, they were able to do well in the rebounding battle. Uh, They're able to, uh, you know, they didn't have too many turnovers. It felt like everything went 
exactly, you know, like, like Virginia Tech played like a well-rounded game of basketball. Yeah, you know, we really did. And, you know, I, I feel like whew, that Miami game definitely had a lot of Virginia Tech fans on their seat, and it was definitely not an easy one for any of us Tech fans. But, um, you know, it's really nice, you know, what Carter said in one of our earlier podcasts, you know, we need to win like at least nine of our last 10 games. That's exactly what we've been doing. We've gotten, we got hot at just the right time. We didn't let the UNC game phase us at all. And I really liked that because I was a little, little scared that after losing UNC, we would kind of be like, Oh, well, season's almost over. And we kind of get, you know, the momentum swinging the other way, but you know, I really like, I really like the way that we performed in our last couple of games, you know, you know, shooting always, you know, always something that we will probably need to improve on. But for so far, so good. And, you know, I'll, did you go to the Louisville game? I did go to the Louisville game. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I went with my roommate. It was an awesome atmosphere. I, you know, I went to – I. this is a long time ago, like a couple of years ago. But, you know, just going to some of the games my dad, you know, there was, you know, about three-fourths of the stadium, almost half of the mm-hmm. stadium was empty. But, you know, seeing a full packed house is always nice because you don't really get to see that too often sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, I think really the only thing that you can take away from this game uh, that Virginia Tech could improve upon is I think there's obviously some threes that they missed that they could have hit. But, you know, that's basically every single game. As long as Virginia Tech's hitting about that 40% uh, three-point percentage, that's going to make me happy. Um, all in all. And really the biggest thing was uh, I believe we missed like five of our first eight free throws or whatever. Um, and that's something that Mike, Mike Young needs to just have them stand at the free throw line uh, a little bit this week and just score free points um, because, you know, you, you can't be missing free throws, uh, you know, period. This is just not I- acceptable. Um I believe our first four missed by Engasan and Mutz, I think. Something like that. But, yeah, uh, last game at Castle for Mutz. Uh, obviously, last game at Castle for Storm Murphy as well. Uh, we'll see for other players. Um, really, the only other one that would be discussed is Keve Aluma, possibly his last game at Castle. Um, but who knows? I mean, he even said in a recent interview that it's like, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe I'll come back to Castle for one more year. Um, and that's something that's even been rolling around in my head recently, the possibility of his uh, coming back. But I guess time will tell on that. Uh, but with the last game at Castle um, over and done with, we now have away or neutral site games left, uh, of course, including the ACC tournament. So with that in mind, I did want to talk about here with Virginia Tech, how we're feeling about their chances here in the ACC tournament um, kind of how confident we are uh, of there to either, you know, win or, you know, go far. Um, and then obviously, actually, you know, here's the percentage, our, how confident we are that we're going to qualify for March Madness. Man. All right. So I know I talked about it before, but, you know, before we started the podcast, I was telling you about, you know, I'm just looking at this little article, you know, three sports writers said that we are not going to make it. And, you know, we're not going to do well. And, you know, I feel like we will make it, but I don't know if we'll perform well. Cause just because I always keep my expectations low, and then when they prove me wrong, I just get excited. But, um, you know, I just – usually we just – we lose in that first round, and I'm like, okay, well, that's the season. But I feel like we can make it, but I don't know. What about you? 
Um, well, we'll delve a little bit more into the ACC tournament, but for March Madness wise, I'm probably at a solid 70%. And the reason I'm at 70% is because I feel very confident that Virginia Tech's going to beat Clemson. So then it's a function of will they win in their first game and then will they have a decent showing in the second? And I believe that both of those can happen. That's that has been the benchmark that I have held over the past couple of weeks. It was we need to get all four wins after losing to UNC. And we needed to win the first game of the ACC tournament that we played. And then we needed to at least have a good outing. And I think that's possible, particularly when we're coming up either against UNC or Notre Dame. Uh, UNC, we've had some really bad luck against them. And I think that if shots start to go our way, um, we will we could beat the Tar Heels. And then we beat Notre Dame earlier in the year. I don't think they're that strong of a team still. So Notre Dame, I think, is still a very possible win for us. And th- that, that's the line that we're looking at, that 6-7 line. Uh, facing one of those two teams uh, if we were to beat one of the weaker teams in the ACC that come up against us. So with that in mind, um, how are we feeling about our chances overall in the ACC tournament? So in the ACC tournament, you know, uh, you know, I hope this isn't disrespectful, but I'm saying like like maybe 55-60. 55-60 to what? percent no no but but with what in mind wait what no you said 55 to 60 percent in the acc like like what to win the acc tournament no 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 just like i guess like to get in i don't think we're gonna win no not against duke but i don't know oh to get to the finals i don't know we're like what (laughs) six seed shoot I don't know. I'm lost here. How about I say this and then you, you can comment with what you're feeling. Okay. Here's what I think, right? The bottom of the ACC is bad, bad, yes. bad, bad. It is really bad. ACC um, is bad this year. Now we are in Brooklyn and I will point out that not only was that where we had the tournament where we lost to Memphis and uh, Xavier, I believe um, it was Xavier. Um, but we've also historically been really bad in Brooklyn recently in basketball. I remember that's why the, the turn, that tournament was so scary for us. Cause it's like, Oh no, not Brooklyn again. And again, Oh no, not Brooklyn again. Cause we're back. But I think that with us playing one of the weaker teams in the ACC, that we're going to kind of break that Brooklyn curse against one of them and breaking that curse, getting that win is going to be huge. And then again, as I said, I do think that we can beat one of UNC or Notre Dame. That's the line that we're currently on. Um, so then it would just be, he, he, here's the, the line now. If we have to play Notre Dame first and then play UNC, I think we lose to UNC because I think that UNC getting that first one under their belt would be good for them. I believe they'd play UVA at that point. And then I, I just don't think that we'll be able to top UNC. But on the other hand, if we play UNC, then play Notre Dame, I think that we reach the finals of the ACC tournament. I don't think we beat Duke, but I think that we'd reach the finals because I think that winning against UNC would be huge for us. And then obviously we'd be very confident because we beat Notre Dame in a comeback victory at Castle Coliseum. So they'd be like, we've done this before, we can beat them. So with that in mind, to I'll say this, to reach the finals, I think we have a 35% chance 
something like that. Um, to win it would be even lower. Um, there's something else I had in my mind. Oh, but with that, it's who's going to win the ACC tournament. And my, my, my mind is telling me UNC, but my heart's telling me that this Duke team is going to win an after Coach K in the ACC tournament. I don't think he's going to win March Madness, but they will win the ACC tournament uh, with Coach K's last ride in the, you know, in the tournament. Okay. I, I'm with you now. I was completely lost at one point, man. I'll just be forgetting how many tournaments there are. There's <laughs> tournaments galore in the – answer is yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> now you, okay. I'm on track now. You got me, but, but, um, no, so yes, I totally agree with you. I feel like we can beat some of these top teams. I, I, you know, Wake Forest, Miami, Notre Dame, we've all had experience against them to, to reach the finals. I'm, I'm with you 30, 35 to win it, maybe 10, but to win it overall, I'm saying Duke, I feel like all of his players are behind him in his last year to go out with an ACC championship, I feel like would just be the perfect ending. So I'm taking Duke. Yeah. With that in mind, uh, we do have one last thing here to do before we wrap up this episode and is the last ACC power rank. Now with the last time we did an ACC power rank, you listened in and you were saying whether, uh, you know, you thought mine was good or not. Uh, in this one, uh, I believe you said you have yours, but even if you like, you know, if, if no matter what, uh, you are absolutely invited to have your ACC power rank, I will start it off. But, um, if you also just want to give opinions or you want to give opinions and, uh, I mean, actually obviously you would give opinions and then give yours if you have your ACC power rank, uh, you know, uh, you know, shoot for the moon. Uh, actually, you know, with that in mind, I will ask, do you have an ACC power rank for basketball? So as of now, yes, I, I have um, pretty much all of them ranked right now. Yes. Um, do you want to start off with yours? I, I will start off with mine and then we'll see where ours differ. So with that in mind, we do have divisions and uh, we've had the divisions of like, you know, bottom ACC, not going to make March Madness questionable. And then who's, you know, top five, generally speaking. But I didn't plan originally to have divisions between these, but ultimately it ended up having divisions because I have tiers. You had the bottom tier of teams that aren't making March Madness would struggle for even like an NIT, and they just aren't that good um, this year. And then you have that middle tier of teams that maybe kind of just fell short of the mark. Maybe they can get an NIT invite, maybe something else. And then you have the uh, other teams towards the top, teams that either, you know, maybe they were a little bit under their mark, but, you know, it's just good enough, or maybe they hit their mark or exceeded their mark, and, uh, you know, et cetera, with that in mind. That's, that's kind of how these tiers have broken out. So the bottom of the ACC for me, uh, Georgia Tech, NC State, and Pittsburgh are uh, 15, 14, and 13. All bad teams, uh, just not good, and they're going to have to reload next year uh, if, if they want to get higher up that list. Uh, Louisville's at 12. Uh, after watching that team live and after getting blown out by Virginia Tech like that, not many teams have had that happen to them this year. It's just a very – something that had me lower them. Um, I almost put them below Pittsburgh, but not quite. Boston College is at 10. They've been able to keep relatively close in some of their games, like – They've been a little bit more surprising uh, for me that, you know, they're doing better than I would have expected, but 
they'll sit at 11 with 10 being Syracuse and nine being Clemson. Uh, the two teams with the orange emblems just really not showing up, really not doing anything great and really kind of being carried by whether it's uh, Buddy Bayheim or being carried by uh, PJ Hall for either side. Then you have that middle uh, where I have UVA and FSU. I believe both those teams, uh, I have FSU at eight and UVA at seven. Both those teams are definitely way better than the teams below them, but they are also have a disparity between the teams that are above them. I almost put UVA with the teams above them, but I, I, I couldn't just because they, their tournament chances are up. And I feel like particularly with like Virginia Tech, who of course I have above them, uh, as I haven't mentioned them yet, um, I, I just don't think that uh, they would have beat them if there was a third game. And I feel like they caught them in a bad time at the second game. They barely beat them in the second game at uh, Charlottesville anyways. So with that in mind, at number six, I have Miami. This is the lowest that they've been for me. Uh, they've just kind of been slowly falling off a little bit. Obviously, that loss of Virginia Tech's huge for them. Um, and they're they're not highly rated in the media as well. They've just they're just kind of like they're they're good. They're a solid team, but just kind of like I don't know how to feel about them. I have Virginia Tech at five. They just beat uh, Miami. They're nine and ten. Uh, they've had nine wins of their past ten games. I this this is a hot take, but I debated having them over Notre Dame, but I didn't. Notre Dame is my fourth seed. Uh, they did have a recent loss to FSU, who have been in very bad form. That dropped them down a few spots for me. Uh, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons are at three. I think they're a well-rounded team, very talented, a team that if they were to make March Madness, could make a little bit of noise. And then I have UNC at number two and Duke at number one. It is very surprising that we somehow have UNC in their uh, first year under new head coach uh, this high up, but that's what's happened. They've still been able to land their recruits and they still had a very solid year. And then Duke uh, has been, you know, the by far best team in the ECC this year. So that is my ECC power. So, yeah, I really like that. And, you know, one thing that I, you know, really liked is, you know, for UNC, you know, getting their new head coach, everybody kind of counted them out for a little bit. But then he – it's like, you know, I mean, of course, some things have changed. You know, Roy, the great Roy Williams, you know, one of the best college coaches of all time, leaving. But, you know, his replacement, you know, I feel like he's filled the shoes very well. But moving on. So mine at the bottom – I have number 15, 14, and 13 are Georgia Tech, NC State, and Pittsburgh. I feel like our bottoms were kind of are like are kind of similar. I mean, they're all pretty bad teams. Um, I feel like none of these teams have actually, you know, were good this year. For 12, uh, wait, wait, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11. For 12, 11, 10, I have Boston College, Louisville, and Clemson. Um Again, not great teams, you know, us crushing Louisville. You know, we face Clemson, what, like tomorrow at two? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that one goes. I feel like we should win. Um, I have Syracuse next, not a, you know, kind of middle of the pack team. Same with Florida State, Virginia. I remember we kind of talked about earlier in one of our podcasts how Virginia, this is one of their, you know, poor, more, more bad seasons by their head coach. You know, he's been a very good mm-hmm. head coach, but for this team, not great. And after that, I have Virginia Tech under Wake Forest. Sorry, but I do like us. You know, I have us ranked at six as of now. But for Wake Forest, I just feel like they're a little bit of a better team. And although we are 9-10 and 10 in our last games, um, and for us just talking about their tournament chances, 
I just have Wake Forest. I feel like they're a pretty good team. I feel like there's not really a lot of, you know, argument there. Um, next, I do have Miami. I know at four, that's probably a hot take. But, they. I mean, I know that they haven't been awesome. But, you know, I still feel like they're a good team, even though we did beat them. And then I don't – I feel like our top three are almost the same because my top three are Notre Dame, UNC, and Duke. Um, you know, UNC obviously – being a really good team, one of the best, have always remained one of the best. Um, Duke, undisputed number one. And then for Notre Dame, I know I'm kind of like flipping around here. I just really like Notre Dame as a team. You know, I've, I know that we've played them earlier this season, but that is my top 15 for the ACC. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit of a mix-up uh, between ours. So I've, I'm really not in, you know, any huff or puff about what teams are where. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for first power rank, I think you kind of hit it out the park. You did a good job with it. And uh, I, I think that's probably going to be it for the power rank segment until um, football season again, particularly because uh, – uh, Well, I mean, particularly for this because, I mean – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a while. Exactly. So it's like – I, I feel like it'd be harder powering some of the other sports uh, or I don't know exactly what sport I would power rank. but this is probably the last power rank here until the fall of 2022. Um, who knows? Maybe I do, you know, maybe I do a soccer. Or a soccer yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something that we add into our, our podcast. I think that's a new idea. We do some power rankings of, you know, baseball or some other sports. We'll see. It'll definitely be very, very interesting. But uh, Nick, as we are here at the last, that was the last topic of this episode. Do you have anything else to add? You know, you know, besides my uh, little mishap with the tournaments, I do apologize for that. I just sometimes I get confused and you got to kind of put me right back on the train tracks. I do appreciate you for that. But um, no, uh, I don't really have much else to add. You know, I think we have a lot of really exciting and fun games to watch. You know, March Madness coming up. This is always an exciting time for any basketball fan for you and me alike. And uh, Mm -hmm. I just not much besides, you know, just watch out for our Hokies and cheer any of your teams on and you know game on yeah i'm right there with you uh best of luck for all the listeners to uh you know their teams whether it's just virginia tech or whether it's uh other college teams as well and in their uh respective tournaments coming up it'll be very 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 fun times there obviously we'll have a lot of march madness to be talking about next week we have other uh, pro sports stuff Uh, i believe more of like nfl free agency is soon upon us i believe is coming up here in the middle of march so we do have a lot of stuff to be talking about um and obviously some big news on the nfl side too uh maybe we drop something short this weekend who knows uh eh, might might be a shorter post but i digress um thank you so much of course nick for joining me again and thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the 304 sports podcast i've been colby and bergstrom uh take care have a very safe spring break for anyone that is going on spring break Uh, and have a great rest of your day.